Amanarina here from Sage Investors, and I'm here to do a quick mind map analysis of my most recent investment decision, which was to buy shares in Square Incorporated, ticker symbol SQ. This video can also be available in podcast format. You can download it through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or through Apple Podcasts. So every time I'm looking at a stock, uh, there's a bit of a process. I always ask myself, uh, a series of questions and once I usually answer these questions I have a pretty good idea whether I want to buy or sell the stock or avoid the stock altogether and uh, what I want to share with you is just basically my thought process of how I went about making my decision to buy Square by answering these basically what I think are core fundamental questions and these are questions that I, I, I work with uh, students on and uh, students that I teach investing to uh, how to ask these questions how to answer these questions um, so that they can build a bit of a framework and a bit of a rhythm and an iterative process in terms of framing their investment decisions. So let's uh, take a look at Square uh, in the context of these questions. So the first question I always ask myself is, uh, when I'm looking at a company, when I'm looking at a stock, is what do they do? What is their value proposition? What do they sell? What products and services do they sell? And what makes them unique compared to uh, other potentially similar type businesses out there? Uh, so when we look at Square, Square is essentially, um, let me just get my thing set up here. Square is essentially a uh, online payment service. They have created some hardware um, that you can plug into your, uh, which is literally a Square device, which you can plug into your smartphone or your tablet that can allow you to swipe a credit card and take that payment uh, of, a, of a customer and transfer it to your bank account and process that payment. Um, and they develop some hardware and some software around it. And uh, what it does is it allows essentially anybody, and this is the value proposition, it allows anybody to essentially become a full-fledged uh, business from a from an entrepreneur, from a solopreneur, from somebody working in the trades, and uh, a service-oriented business to be able to facilitate multiple styles of uh, payment. They don't have to take cash anymore. They can take a credit card, they can take a debit card, um, and literally process it on their smartphone or on their uh, tablet or whatever device that they're using. Um, it allows them, a small company, to become literally a bigger company and perceive themselves to be a bigger company. What they've done, and that was how uh, Square initially started, but they've kind of evolved in, uh, quite a bit into developing some various different kinds of online payment uh, ecosystems. Um, they are more focused now on, uh, they've developed a, a suite of, of uh, tools, of online tools that deal with payments, but also dealing with uh, installment payments, processing installments, um, lending and uh, now even they're getting into the payroll there's a square payroll product out there that's one ecosystem that their uh, payment system they're developing another one they're developing is a much more uh more consumer oriented one and it's called the cash app and it's similar in the in this in the nature of like if you look at tencent they have the uh, wechat um uh, we pay 
um, in the sense that you have banks that you can send email, interact, transfers. They've developed their own set of tool. And what's unique about them is you can transfer money. You can transfer money, but you can also transfer Bitcoin. And we'll talk about that in a little bit better. Uh, it's a very popular app. It's actually one of their apps. It's one of the top 20 uh, most downloaded apps. Uh, if you go in the Apple Store, uh, Apple App Store, they... Uh, it's, it's an extremely popular app and it's getting, and I'll get into some of the numbers a little bit behind it. So that's what they do. They're a po online payment processing uh, organization. Who do they compete with? Next question asked, who do they compete with? Well, the next, uh, there's really two forms of it. They either compete with the traditional form, uh, traditional branch institution, online, uh, traditional payment processing institution, which would obviously be your banks and your credit card companies, your visas, MasterCards. Now, um, then there's also the, there's also a lot of other online payment services. There's the PayPal, Apple Pay obviously has, is in play, um, Google Pay. I talked about the Tencent uh, approach, which is quite popular outside uh, North America. And uh, then there's crypto. So it's a very, very uh, dominant, uh, very, very competitive marketplace uh, for online payments. There's various avenues you have to, to process payments, to send May payments now. Becoming a cashless society uh, is very much in play. So who would use something like Square? That would be the next question I'd ask. Well, as I've kind of alluded to, small businesses, you know, solopreneurs, People like in the, basically in the service uh, trade, so you'd have like plumbers, repair people, um, uh, individual contractors, uh, vendors in that sense. Uh, this would be something that would be, uh, the Square service would really be something that they would be able to tap into. And the question is, would they continue to use it? Well, I think the nature of it, and this is when we talk about um, their ecosystems, this is about ecosystems, and so, the goal really for a company like Square is to get uh, these these people into their ecosystem. And once they get into that ecosystem, the chances are the propensity for them to stay in that ecosystem is probably going to be pretty high. So there's a pretty good um, chance for them to uh, stick around. Okay, so we know what they do. We know who their competitors are. It's a very competitive space, and they appeal to, and we know kind of have a little bit of an idea of who, who their customers are. So we have a little bit of an idea what the business roughly is, you know, or rough around sense is. So the next question we have to ask ourselves, well, that's all great. It seems really interesting and appealing, um, but do they make money? Does this company create tangible wealth? As, as investors, we want to invest in businesses that have an ability to demonstrate that they can create tangible wealth. Um, so when I'm looking at measuring a company's financial performance, I like to focus on a metric called economic profit, which is essentially taking the company's return on invested capital and subtracting the company's cost of capital. If they have a positive value, that represents that they're creating positive economic profit, which means they're creating tangible wealth for their shareholders. And ultimately, if you look through history, uh, stock markets will reward companies that can demonstrate that they can create positive economic profit over time. So when we looked at uh, Square, um, their return on invested capital over the last couple of years has come in between negative four and negative five percent versus their cost of capital, 
which comes in around 9%. So for, from this basic metric, it doesn't look like this company is creating any tangible wealth. But then you got to, I said, you know what, I got to look at some of the numbers. Let's drill down some of the numbers and just really see what's going on with it. It's a fairly new business. This is a company that's been growing basically 40% per year over the last five years. It's got margins, operating margins uh, of about 40%. 40% gross margins. So a lot of that money is getting sucked away somewhere. And um, one place that's gotten sucked away is uh, another side business, which I didn't talk about, which is uh, an area that they get into, which is called uh, the whole fast delivery uh, space. They owned a company called Caviar, and so which is the equivalent of Uber Eats, which is a delivery service, online delivery, food delivery service. They pumped a lot of money, and it sucks a lot of cash flow. It has been sucking a lot of cash flow, and I think it's been playing a factor into the, into a lot of why their economic profit has been doing. The company, and this is really one of the reasons why I got kind of interested in the company is they recently just sold the whole caviar for four hundred million dollars. This was a loss, you know, negative profit, um, losing money, sucking cash flow, sucking part of their operation, which was very popular, but it was just they were they were bleeding money off of it, and they sold it. They managed to get four hundred million for it. So, from that perspective, I'm I'm thinking if by pocketing the four hundred million, that four hundred million capital, I think this is going to be a positive cash flow was a positive cash flow transaction. I think this is a company that's going to be able to increase its cash flow significantly in the future which ultimately is going to probably play into, um, I think, their return on invested capital. I think this equation is probably going to change, and it might be change. I think it'll change for the better. So um, drilling down also, I drilled down in a little bit to understand some of the numbers behind their business. And if you looked at their cash app application, which I talked about, their cash app... Um, they did 260 million in the last quarter, which is almost half their business. Um, the Bitcoin, and if you looked in the numbers of those 260 million that the Cash App did, a hundred was that 125 million was in Bitcoin, which is astounding. Like as I said, uh, Bitcoin is like is brand spanking new. This is a new concept, this cryptocurrency concept. Square is doing about $125 million already in business in Bitcoin, which is pretty crazy. And a lot of time, it represents almost 20% of the revenues is now coming through Bitcoin transactions. So a lot of people are really skeptical about cryptocurrencies, but if you look into the numbers here at Square, they're actually creating, there's tangible monetization going on here with Bitcoin. So pretty impressive and uh there's a lot of forecasts that the, really this cash app is going to be a significant driver of this company's revenues going forward so looking at the surface the returns on invested capital look pretty lousy but when i'm I go a little bit under the surface i'm a company with a very high gross margin so it's a very profitable operating business that unfortunately was getting sucked dry because of this uh, other types of businesses that were sucking cash flow on it but it appears to have a product that is quite popular and is quite generating and, and, and there's a lot of growth potential behind this and the fact that they're getting into the bitcoin side of it and actually monetizing it and generating a lot of revenue from it a significant, a significant amount of revenue that's a it's an interesting it's it's interesting 
it's an interesting thing. It piques my curiosity. Normally, when I look at a company's return or economic profit, and if it's pretty lousy, I'll just shut it down here. I'll just stop my analysis. I don't even go near the stock. But this this little these little under the under the hood scenes really piqued my curiosity. So I thought, okay, let's keep going. Let's see what else we can learn about the company. Uh, so, which leads to the next question, which is looking at the company's financial position. How strong is this company financially? Is it going to go out of business tomorrow, or is it going to be long-term durable? Is going to be a long-term durable going concern? So, when I'm looking at that, it's basically focusing on the balance sheet. So, when I'm looking at the balance sheet, there's three areas I want to focus on. I want to look at the company's liquidity. Oops. I want to look at the company's liquidity. And so when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the company's current assets, current liabilities. If you look at the company, the company has right now $1.1 billion in cash, which is greater than its long-term debt. So one of the things I always like to look for companies is companies that have more cash than they have debt. And if the company has debt and a lot of cash and have that ability to re retire all that debt, like on a stroke of a pen, that's appealing. That's a sign of a good, strong business. This is a business that, from my perspective, isn't going to go out of business tomorrow. Looking at the company's debt, um, debt level, their debt equity ratio, which is one I focus on, comes in at about 0.55. So it has a fair amount of debt. Um, it's about, you know, it's got a amount for a tech company. Usually tech companies don't carry, historically don't carry a lot of debt, but we've been in the middle of a world with low, ultra, uber low interest rates. So more and more companies are, do, are taking on, tech companies are taking on more uh, more debt. Finally, the other area, it's manageable. The fact that the company has more than enough cash to retire its debt like instantly, um, it's okay. I can, I can live with a, a debt equity of about 0.55. I can live with that. Uh, the final area that I want to focus on with the balance sheet is the quality of, uh, of the company's assets in terms of the percentage of assets that are goodwill, intangible type assets versus the total amount. So for Square, it's about 10%. They have about 10% goodwill slash intangible assets. So it's very manageable, very low. So it tells me the quality of the company's assets are very high. This is a very financially strong, appears to be a very financially strong business. So that's all nice and good. Seems to be a financially strong company. There's a lot of revenue growth potential here with the company. But then we have to start looking at the other side of the equation. So far, the story looks interesting. But then we have to start looking at the other side of the equation, which is what could take this company down? What are the risks that Square could be facing? So there's quite a few here that are that are that make risk. I mean, that make Square a bit. You know, there's a lot of clouds out there that that the company has to deal with. So part one one of them is uh, the fact of the matter is they have a part-time CEO. So it's a governance, uh, a governance issue. Jack Dorsey, who is also the chairman of CEO of Twitter, is also the CEO of Square. He has two jobs. He moonlights as the Square CEO. So far, he's got away with it, but reality is he's got to pick one. And from a governance perspective, um, there needs to be better oversight. So to me, that is a bit of a risk. It's He's been able to get away with it so far, but... Um, it's an over, it's a risk. The other side of it potentially is obviously what the thing is going on right now is all the trade war trash talking. If the trade war starts in, impacting the economy, 
um, the U.S. economy specifically, then there's a potential for revenues to fall. Um, if you looked at Square at its original business model, which was that little Square thing, processing payments, plugging into your smartphone, yeah, this could be a potential risk. But the nature of the company, though, is, as I said, they're, they're really branching out in terms of building out ecosystems. And the whole payment processing ecosystem is one, but then they have this whole consumer-oriented process payment transfer system, which appears to be doing really, really well in just out of the gate. Um, could potentially, I think, mitigate could potentially mitigate um, uh, mitigate some of that uh, uh, impacts if there was if the economy were to go into a recession. That being said, there's actually a perverse actually impact that could actually help Square is if people start losing their jobs and becoming unemployed, there's more propensity for people to take on um, um, more self-employment. People start operating their own businesses. And so if that's the case, that could really help a company like Square. Um, that has built and it be an opportunity to get more people into their whole payment processing ecosystem. Um, the other risk is is just as as we've seen, there's a lot of competition in this space, and so there is a potential um, that this whole payment processing, online payment processing, could get commoditized. Um, is there enough there for a company like Square to play in? Um, is the pie big enough? Um, is this company big enough? Or is this company might at some point be ripe to be taken over? Um, and I think one of the reasons in terms of mitigating this risk, I think this has been why uh, Square has now sort of pivoted um, to the consumer side. And I think uh, I think this whole cash app concept I think is a is is really a, a an attempt to kind of um, pivot themselves away and have that bigger exposure to to the market to the consumer market to to broaden their their moat. So there are risks with this company. You know, it's it's a really interesting model that they've got going, but there are risks, and there are probably severe risks. And I think part of the reason. Um, they're basically risks. So it leads ultimately to the final exam, final question you have to ask is we can do all this work, we've gone through this whole you know, process, this exercise, but at the end of the day, as investors, is this stock cheap? Is this a good stock that we want to get into right now? Or is this something we may want to wait down the road? So as I said, one of the reasons I got interested in Square was the stock, which was trading in the 90s, has now gone down to the low 60s. So it's it's taken quite a hit. Um, if you look at the uh, from a company's relative value on a if you look at the company's relative valuation, uh, if you look at like for example, if you're looking at the, from a price to sales, the stock is trading at about six times, versus the industry, which is trading at about two times. So on a relative basis, this is a pretty pricey stock. Um, the psychology on this stock is pretty bad. 
is pretty bad. Uh, and uh, it's pretty out of favor. Um, there's not really much to like about it on an evaluation basis. It looks pretty expensive uh, on a relative valuation perspe- perspective. On a, on a discounted perspective, uh, discounted cash flow perspective, it's looking pretty lousy too. But I think the fact of the matter is uh, because the because of this caviar um, albatross that's been kind of hanging on the company, it's been hard for the company to generate meaningful cash flow and meaningful returns on capital. But I think now with the caviar out of the picture, that albatross being removed, there's a potential for the company now to start generating much more meaningful pro, um, uh, future cash flow, free cash flow. The fact of the matter is the business model, especially on the, the cash app, is starting to very is very, very cash flow positive. There's a lot of potential here for the stock to 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 at least get at least back up to like another 20, 25% upside on it. Um, so when I look at it, you've got a high margin business, very popular tools, strong financial exposure, financially very strong, very high levels of cash versus debt, local uh, goodwill, intangible assets. Um, it's pivoting now to broaden its uh, uh, customer base. It's trying to build these ec- ecosystems that are going to bring in very distinct type of uh, customers. Um, I've put all these things together, and then at the end of the day, it might be big enough. Um, potentially, this company could get taken over, which could then prov- provide an increased valuation. High margin business, strong balance sheet, now probably improving cash flows, potential takeover candidate, maybe you know twenty to twenty five percent upside on the stock. When I put all these elements together, it thought it, it, it basically I came up to it. Even though there are definite risks associated here, I think it, I thought it would be an an, an interesting speculative play so um if you're gonna get it if i if I've, i was thinking you know if i'm gonna get into this this is very much a speculative play at this point um there's gonna be a lot of volatility around this stock and you gotta be ready for it so i looked at it but you know my take is i invest for the long term i'm not investing for a couple of weeks i'm not a day trader i'm willing to the fact of the matter is the company is financially strong that I think it can evolve and advance and be able to bring itself back to a higher level. So when I factor all this thing, at the end of the day, it's a speculative play. But at the end of the day, I thought, okay, you know what? This may be an interesting company just to 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 put a little bit of a position on and build it up and see how it does. And uh, so I ended up essentially making the decision to buy. But I bought it also with an exit strategy that if the stock uh, goes down 20%, I'm out as part of my playbook, as part of my investing uh, ideology. So there you go. That's my decision, uh, my mind map uh, analysis of my decision to buy a square. Uh, if you're interested, as I said, this video is available in a podcast form. You can get it through my website, Sage Investors, or through Apple Podcasts. If you're interested in checking out any of my other videos that I do, other my other mind map videos, or more information about my 
courses, investing courses that I teach where I really essentially am applying what I just showed you here. Um, I teach people to basically build this kind of format. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can try, check, check, check my website again, sageinvestors.ca for more information. This has been my uh, mind map decision to buy Square. Um, thanks for listening in. My name is again is Amin Reina of Sage Investors. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll catch you again another time. Bye-bye. Thank you.